Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Mosaic Life Podcast is brought to you by the Mosaic Life Circle. If you are a fan of the podcast, you're going to want to sign up for our regular email newsletter, which will alert you of brand new episode releases, new guest announcements, contest announcements, merchandise deals, which will be happening very soon, as well as exclusive Instagram content. We have our full circle Instagram television channel in which Ernie sits down with prior guests to dig deeper into some of the conversations uh, we've had with them in the past. He most recently sat down with Scott Hilburn from episode 28. I highly encourage you check that out at One Mosaic Life. And while you're on the internet, sign up for our full circle email newsletter at onemosaic.life today. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Mosaic Life podcast, whether this is your first time joining us or your 43rd Thank you for being here. We truly, truly appreciate it. Before we get started, I would like to wish a very happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there who are listening. It is June 21st, so happy Father's Day to you and a very special happy Father's Day to my podcast partner, Ernie, who is a father himself. So thank you all and have a great, great day in your honor. In this episode, in this conversation, Ernie and I we talk uh, mostly about uh, a, a, a race that I, I did a few weeks ago. It was called the Find Your Limit race, where you basically just ran until you couldn't run anymore. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of the details for you, but through that, we had a very lengthy discussion about finding one's edge and what that means and how you can push past it. And Going into this, I want you to think about what your preconceived edges are, what your preconceived limits are. Are those physical limits or are those excuses for why you think you can't push yourself any farther? Why you can't beat your personal record when it comes to that race or when it comes to lifting a certain amount of weight, or when it comes just to performing your best in your individual field. Why are you not able to push yourself farther? And we really dig into why we have set our own limits in our lives and what it would take for us to get past those. And we've got a couple of great book recommendations in this episode, as well as tying in some of our previous episodes and guests. I truly think you're going to enjoy this episode, whether you're a runner or not. It has nothing to do with it. It's about realizing that we are capable of so much more than we tell ourselves. So without further ado, please enjoy this very passionate conversation from Ernie and myself on the Mosaic Life Podcast. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Life is an art, every moment a picture painted in time. The color, texture, lighting, all context. The Mosaic Life vision is to cast a warm glow on your masterpiece, highlighting the struggle while showcasing the culmination of years of hard work. Join us for guided meditations, interviews with authors and leaders, and engaging conversation as we explore the depths of our consciousness. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Welcome back, or welcome in for the first time. Uh, we thank you for, for showing up continually or, or even just showing up to give us a try, to spend some time with us and to see what happens um, in your life when you embrace uh, 
different messages in the world and uh, you know expand your outlook and that's what we hope to do here and so i'm here again with trey how's it going man i'm i'm doing well ernie how are you I'm good. <clears throat> Trying to figure out how to be the hype man for the, the podcast. Like, yo, 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 let's go, let's go. Um, I love I, I love when I go back and edit, there's always just a different feel when you lead us into the conversation. It's not it's not a good thing, it's not a bad thing. It's just different. And I, I, I like it. I, uh, I like it a lot. Okay. It's called uh awkward turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how's it going, man? What's what's good today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. Right now, kind of riding the high of, again, I know our production schedule, the way, regardless, right now I'm riding the high of releasing our, our, our interview, our conversation with Mike Caden, uh, the CEO of Red Circle. Uh, if it wasn't obvious, both from my introduction of the episode and from the actual conversation, I have always had, um, I'll say it, I've always had a hard on for Silicon Valley <laughs> and, and tech. And it was just, it was truly a dream uh, to be able to talk with him. And uh, I just, I love, I know there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad um, out of out of that culture, but uh, it was just so much fun to be able to actually talk with somebody who's there in it and doing really cool things for an industry that Ernie, both you and I love. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I like the, are you speaking of tech in general? <clears throat> I, I mean, tech in general, but I mean, <laughs> podcasting is something that we, we both know and are growing into. So yeah, yeah. just, uh, podcasting. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, we, I, we, we could have gotten into it a lot more, um, but just the way the industry and the culture is shifting and how that affects listening habits of people and podcasts, especially in the last three to four months, our suspicions were confirmed through Mike's own words that because mm -hmm. people are not driving, not as many podcasts are being downloaded, which, you know, is a little bit discouraging, but at the same time, obviously radio numbers are, are down. <clears throat> and so people's listening habits change over time based on their circumstance. So, you know, how the industry changes, because this industry is not going anywhere. This, there, this is a, a growing industry, both in advertising dollars, as well as uh, people who are in the space. And so it's just exciting <clears throat> to see how it adapts and how it changes and how sp smart speakers like Google and, and Alexa are implementing listening tools and how Spotify is changing the game completely with buying up major brands like the Joe Rogan experience. Just it's going to be really exciting over the next five years. Yeah, yeah, it is. <clears throat> I'm glad you I'm glad you really enjoyed that. That was a cool conversation. In general, the dude was just uh, he felt really down to earth. It wasn't yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I guess, I, you know, I'm just now stepping into this place where I'm meeting people like Mike <clears throat> who are uh, uh, doing incredible things, making incredible moves in the world, you know, taking on leadership in companies. And, and I guess there's always a, a wonder of like, uh, there's the stereotypical idea of the CEO that we might have been exposed to in the 90s growing up right uh and i don't know i just i just felt like a you know a real down-to-earth dude and it was really cool to to have you that really and see the, all of the incredible things he's done or here, absolutely uh, and and one of my you know one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is 
you know, we, we have had this conversation a number of times because even at 40 some episodes <clears throat> in, we are still trying to find our voice. And I, I think that will probably be ongoing. And just the different types of people you and I bring into the fold. I am so excited when uh, we when I get the chance to talk with somebody who you were introduce, introducing me to because it expands not only my network, which is extremely valuable to me, but my mind and my perception of totally what you know I can do for myself and you know what others can do for me too. Totally, totally, yeah. And I felt that talking to Mike, um, like just the, that's like your space and. Uh, and then by the end of the conversation, I think I even said it in some form, but I was like, oh, man, my, my mind is, you know, just going crazy with questions now that I didn't yeah. realize I could have asked because I just haven't, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, it, let's uh, there's probably, you probably spend time, you in particular, Trey, probably spend time uh, and maybe even a significant amount of time looking and researching and thinking about maybe on your own, even uh, technology, podcasting yes. and things like that. And, it, and and for me, I don't necessarily think about that. So in 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 preparation for the uh, for the episode, I was in my place of like, oh, you know, what's his life like? How did he get there? What's his challenge? What, what did he overcome? And uh, and then we got to the end and my, in my mind, it was open further to technology and podcasting. I was like, shit, I missed so many like places that I could have, that I'm actually really intrigued about now that I could have yeah. uh, spent the next hour or the last hour talking about. So I definitely, I definitely feel that for sure. It's the yeah, same, the it, same with, uh, the same with, with Matt. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I felt the I, same thing yeah. at the end. I was like, wow, there was, there was a lot that, uh, I didn't know to expect uh, and that was really valuable from that. Matt, Matt, Matt's conversation was so unique. It was not something that I <clears> was <throat> expecting. Um, <laughs> that's all, that's all I can really say. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he provide, he brought so much value to the table for both of us. It was not, he's coming in, he's going to do an interview on some podcast and he's going to leave. He brought actual value to our lives and hopefully to the lives of, of the people listening to it. I mean, that's, that's what he does. That's, that's yeah. what he, he does on for, for, for his life. He's on stage helping people find ways to, to grow their income, to grow their networks. Um, it was really good. Yeah. And you know, on the, on the same token, I, I, like I said, I love talking with people uh, who you invite on the podcast because, you know, I, I don't know anything about, you know, uh, animal movement or, or, or men's coaching or or, you know, expanding my own consciousness uh, through these through these realms. And, and I'm, I'm always open and, and excited to to learn more about these people and so i too like yourself i don't always know the right questions to ask but at the end of the day i'm like shoot i really wish i would have been able to get more information from so i'm yeah yeah i i, I, I there has to be a point where we bring some of these people back on because it's For just sure. too much yeah well and that that was the the uh, uh the the inspiration for full circle it's just like we yes. get out of there and it's like oh man but i really wanted to talk more about x y or z yeah and that gives us an opportunity to at least dive a little bit more into it until we do get these people back on the podcast because i yeah. so far do feel a sense of cycling through um you know like after a year or two wanting to cycle back through 
right. all of the people we've already talked to because their lives are changing, their perspectives yes. are changing, and so are ours. So yes, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, I did. I did want to mention you had asked me some questions, and I, I, I might as well bring it up. Over the weekend, I um, I ran a uh, so everything's gone virtual right now, obviously uh, from from racing to even happy hours, but uh, I ran uh, the Find Your Limit virtual race. Uh, the idea behind it, and uh, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, he put, he put on the race with the Columbus Running Company. Um, the idea was start at 6 a.m. in the morning, um, and then you run one mile every 15 minutes. So, for example, if I run a 10-minute mile, then I've got five minutes to take a break, and then I have to start a next mile at uh, that 15-minute mark. So, the most you can run is four miles in an hour, the most, and then the race ends at 9 p.m. So that's a total of 60 miles. And then they did a bonus mile at the end that could be run. And so I ended up running uh, for five hours, um, and I did 20 miles, which was five more <clears throat> miles than I'd ever run in a day. So it was, it was really cool, and I was able to push my limits, and I, I'm sure I could have pushed them a little bit further, but uh, I, was, I was happy with the result. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I was really interested to hear about it. One, because I've been <clears throat> personally just obsessing over um, ultra marathons lately, yeah. just watching these documentaries and, and listening to these people who run just hundreds Crazy. of miles yeah. straight, you know, and, and how, how do you do that? And so I'm like, oh, man, Trey just ran 20 miles, you know, more than he's ran. I'm, I'm wondering what that was like. And, and then you mentioned a couple things. Um, you mentioned uh, about, you know, nutrition and, yeah. and what you learned about that. So I'm interested to hear about all of that. Um, let's let's start if, if you're cool with it. Just start yeah. about uh, maybe giving giving us a, um, an, you know, a play-by-play of what was happening uh, in your mind and in your body throughout those 20 miles. Like, where did you see yourself take your second wind? Where did you see yourself wanting sure. to quit? Things like that. I'm, I'm interested to hear that. Yeah, so the, the, I, knew, I knew going into it, taking a break between miles was going to be both a blessing and a curse. And so uh, I, I ran with a friend, her name was Claudia. We, we set out to run nine minute miles for as many miles as we could. We did nine minute miles for, I think, 14 miles before we started to slow down. Um, and then, you know, generally when I run, I just, I run continuously. I just, I, I run straight through. That's how people usually run. So I don't take food breaks. Um, but knowing how I was going to hit a wall at some point in time, I think around mile three or four, I started snacking on bananas, um, probably seven or eight. I had some uh, gel packs that are basically just straight sugar uh, and carbs to, to give you, um, you know, more stamina to continue on. Um, so the first half marathon was fantastic. It felt really good. 13.1 miles, uh, coming in for 14. It, we felt really good. And then I'd say probably around 16, 15, 16, that's when it really started to get hot. And that's when we both started to cramp up. Um, my calves were cramping and my, um, the quads, I think they are. I was talking to Bree yesterday, actually, and she, I can never remember the, the parts of, uh, the, the muscles in your legs, the front of my legs. Anyway, uh, so yeah, around 16 or 17 started cramping, and I, I knew the end was going to be in sight at some point in time. Uh, so we kind of both just looked at each other, and said, "Hey, all right, we're gonna we're gonna stop at 20." Um, I think my last mile was around 10 and a half minutes. 
you know, part of me in retrospect, you know, not being out in the heat right now, I say, oh, I could have done at least five more. Maybe that's the case. Um, you always know that you can push yourself further, but eventually you kind of succumb to the, uh, the, the, the talk in your head that, oh, you could be so comfortable right now just sitting down on a chair under a tent in the shade. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, I learned a lot and I, uh, there's a lot more that I need to learn, especially about nutrition, because that plays such a huge, huge role in, uh, in long distance running. And that's something I've barely, you know, touched the tip of the iceberg on. Yeah. Well, barely in comparison, you know, it, it's a matter of perspective. Right. 20 miles is, right. is pretty, pretty damn far. <laughs> and, uh, and five hours, you know, of running, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, uh, I'm really, I'm really curious. So you, you mentioned starting to cramp, and then you mm -hmm. mentioned starting to imagine yourself under a tent in a chair. Uh, did the cramping yeah. come first, and then you started thinking, "Oh man, it would be really nice to sit down," and then it just kind of, you know, went. Uh, went, it, it went from came. There. Yeah, so I guess a little bit of context. You know, we had we actually had a pit crew. I think we had five or six people who were just hanging out in our, our friend's front yard, and we had a pop-up tent. So there was a tent, um, and, you know, we would get under it between miles. And so there, there, there came the curse where you're starting to feel it, and you're standing under the tent for the few-minute break that you have, and you have to talk yourself into starting again. And so if it was running continuously and then it's less temptation to go back to that comfort that you just experienced 10 minutes ago. Um, yeah, that, that's where the temptation ca uh, came from. So it started with the heat and then went to the cramps and then it went to, okay, I know I can just quit after this mile. I, I know how relaxing that would be. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was more, or it was as much a mental game as it was a physical one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you mentioned eventually you succumb to your mind. And I think that's a mm -hmm. very important thought because really, I think what we're all doing is uh, is trying to take that just a step further. Like this yeah. is where I would typically succumb to my mind. Can I just go yeah. one more step? before I give myself a break or can I go 10 more or 20 more or 30 more steps how far can I really go and and that's what I love about watching ultra marathon runners is because that's what that's literally what the entire thing is at least from what they're saying is right. is that it's it's just telling yourself to take one more step but uh and at what point did you were you were you sitting in a chair were you halfway through the mile where you said this is the last one I think it was between mile 18 and 19 where we were both kind of struggling and we just kind of said, let's just, let's call it after 20, 20 is a nice round number. Um, it's nothing to, to scoff at. Um, and so we, we, we did, I, that's the part that I'm not super happy about, uh, for my own sake is we decided prior to running 20, that 20 was going to be the last mile. So mm. It could have been more. Um, definitely could have could have done more. It was a flat course that we picked out as a one mile course in the middle of a neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I mean, you always tell yourself what well, you could have done better. Uh, yeah, but you <laughs> killed it in comparison. I'm not trying to like point out your weaknesses no, or no, anything no, no, like no. that. I'm just teasing out yeah. different moments of your emotional experience in this Absolutely. pushing yourself through an extra five miles that you've literally never ran in your life. Yeah, uh, and just seeing seeing what that was like. 
And I know I've mentioned him a thousand times, and I'll mention him again because this is the most relevant he's ever been to one of our conversations. But David Goggins, uh, his his book Can't Hurt Me, uh, it's about him taking it to his absolute extreme in every single chapter. Uh, he's got his he's got a, a rule called the forty sixty rule or the forty percent rule, I think it is, where he hypothesizes that when we feel like we have reached our limit we're only at 40% of what we're capable of. And we have another 60% in which we can push ourselves. And that's, that's for extreme performance, but I, I do feel like I could have pushed myself much, much harder. Um, and he is an ultra marathoner and he is truly fascinating. So again, for like the 18th time, that will book will be in the show notes. And even I, a friend of mine listened to the audio version of it on Audible and he apparently gives like commentary between chapters. So yeah. I, I do want to go back and listen to that. I've heard yeah. great things about it. <clears throat> yeah. Solid dude. One time he ran eight ultra marathons in eight weeks. That's crazy. It yeah, is crazy. He's, he's He's next level human being. Well, I guess that's hearsay, but I heard I, I heard that from somebody talking about him and and his running challenges. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so dude's incredible. Uh, another yeah. question I was wondering is uh, if you would have ran alone, do you that's think that would have changed your experience it, and your results? Yes. Um, yes. I mean, so the, the person that I ran with, she's a marathoner. She, she has run a marathon before. So she was also, you know, a little bit upset that she did not at least get to her 27, um, mile, um, personal record. Um, I think if we both, it, it was great having the camaraderie, uh, you know, having somebody alongside you for 20 miles, but I think the dynamic of, of running would have shifted if either one of us were alone. Um, I, 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 probably would have pushed myself a little bit harder uh but it wouldn't it, it would have taken away from the experience i think yeah um, for sure yeah. i hear that i'm yeah. not saying that you should have i'm just curious to see right, what your right. reflection of that would be um you know i'm, I'm also really uh interest, intrigued i guess by that 40 60 rule uh, uh that david goggins not to like revert too much but i you know i realize that's probably a good um good place to extrapolate you mentioned what how did you say it go ahead and say it again so yeah i, I called it the 40 60 rule first i'm, I'm pretty sure he just calls it the 40 percent rule okay. where as whenever we feel and i'm completely paraphrasing whenever <laughs> we feel that we've reached our limits we've only given 40 percent of what we're capable of yeah yeah and and dude i think that's so powerful personally because and, and not just in extreme sports and in running and, and athleticism, but I think it's an emotional thing, too. Yeah. Uh, you, you, there's a certain point, let's say with anger, before we, like, say that's been – that's enough and now I'm now I'm speaking up or, right. you know, it, there's, a, there's always this, like, threshold for what, what we believe that we're capable of. And uh, kundalini yoga, actually, you know, we talk about that. In a few episodes, uh, one in particular with Scott Hilburn, um, and and I just mentioned it from the men's program that I'd been in last year. But Kundalini Yoga was one of the most powerful resources in, in teaching me that, because when you're in this pose and you're breathing in this strange way, and you've got to hold your arms up or you've got to hold yourself with your knees bent and in some chi generator pose, and uh, 
and and the instructor is is telling you that there's still another two or three minutes and and everything within you everything in your mind and in your body is telling you uh this this is literally all i can handle uh, you have a decision to make and you can stand up and relieve yourself of that pain. Or what I've learned, you can learn to, uh, I can learn to relax just a little bit more in that place. Yeah. And and that's been such an incredible practice is, is, is knowing that uh, when I say I'm done mentally or when I say I'm done physically, that there's a, that's actually a place where I can relax even more and it changes the way I feel and think and allows me to settle in for that next few steps or that next few minutes or that next mile. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, I don't know how to articulate that. That's, um, you have to work yourself up to a place where you know that the suffering that you're feeling the uncomfortableness is not going to kill you and that your body is capable of getting to a place that has never been before. And breaking through that threshold is one of the hardest things that we can do. And sometimes actually easier. We just don't know how to do it. I'm not saying running 20 miles. I've never done it, dude. Uh, But in general, you know, it can, it can feel hard. And then there's also a training of your mind and of your nervous system to, to be able to relax in the face of challenge, to be able to relax in the face of, uh, you know, temptation. Uh, it's, 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 it's like a, uh, a reflex that, that is to be built and I'm still learning to build it. I'm not at all saying I've got it figured out, but, um, but I've been running lately too. And, and I've pushed, I've been pushing my edge as well with it. And, and then also learning to expand my consciousness just to, bit more when I'm at that threshold, you know, expand, not just feeling my body and my legs and my, my shoulders or whatever's tightening up or whatever's starting to throb a little bit or whatever my mind's telling me, but then to also feel the path to feel the trees. And as I expand my awareness out a little bit, it's like, it's like loosening your belt up. This is probably a terrible analogy when we're talking about health, but it's like loosening your belt up after Thanksgiving dinner. It's just like, oh, okay, there's a little more space for me to, to, to breathe and to, to, uh, to keep moving. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man, that, that, uh, we have, we've been, we've been conditioned, right? That's a popular word, but we've been conditioned or trained to, to, to have a breaking point or to have a stopping point and, so, yeah, to, I'm, to I'm, I'm curious that. because I, when I reach that perceived breaking or stopping point, I have, um, uh, I guess, mental, uh, mental talk, or I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got self-talk that I use to kind of get me past those barriers. And I, do you, when you, when you're there, especially as you break into running and I, I mean you do crossfit too i mean do you do you have self-talk that you use to get you past that place that you thought you were going to or had to stop yeah i guess i experiment with both personally not to say that either is right or wrong and maybe maybe they're both wrong who knows but, but sometimes <laughs> they work um you, you know uh i've used very um calm and gentle um 
affirmations. So, yeah. so like, although I'm like huffing and puffing and like, oh, oh, like just pushing myself or whatever, like physically, um, I'll, I'll sometimes, and I've, I've sometimes used just like, all right, man, you're doing great. All right, keep going. Yeah. You're doing great. And, and, and bringing a sense of calm into my voice rather than like this pent up, like, got to keep going, you know, which is actually <laughs> right. useful for some, for some, yeah. probably a lot of people. Um, but, but again, it's for me, it's about relaxing a little bit more while I push that next level. Um, but then like today was totally different. This, the self-talk was all about, um, just just make it to this next thing or and then you're done and but but my body didn't want to get there and so I was thinking about the trees I was thinking about the path I was thinking about the you know you know f- literally imagining my shoulders and my legs um energetically expanding out um into into these trees and into the the grass and it it relieved a lot of tension and allowed me to make it around you know that that last time that's so great I do, man. I, I do both i guess that's great yeah i'm still learning man i i like <laughs> i don't have any idea about any of oh, this shit. because i actually recently um took a break from crossfit to uh to um to to actually just see what I could do with running. I was really interested about it. And then after I started running, um, I realized it, it really serves a lot of needs. It serves a lot of yeah. wants in my life. One, physical um, activity, exercise. Two, um, pushing that edge in, of endurance. Um, three, alone time. And four, I have an earbud in sometimes and I'm listening to podcasts or or, um, you know, YouTube videos yeah. on certain topics that I care about. Uh, so, so I've been doing that instead of CrossFit lately, and uh, it's been really nice. But it's, That's but fantastic. I'm, but I'm fresh to it is what I mean. I don't, the things I'm saying, yes, are applicable to running into life, but as far as the sport and the art of endurance running, I'm still learning about that. And, and 20 miles, dude, after me try, <laughs> trying to get, uh, my current goal is four miles um, in 36 minutes. So a nine minute mile. That's great. Like, and you did that for 20 fucking miles. So, that's, so dude, you that's have a awesome. lot more to say about like endurance running than I can possibly say. Oh, hell man. Uh, next time they do a find your limit race, I, I know who I'm going to give a call. David Goggins. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll call David, <laughs> but then when he doesn't answer me, I'm just going to, I'm going to call you. Okay, cool. Well, let me know if yeah. he doesn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it. Um, I, I learned I learned some things about myself, and I I know I want to continue pursuing it. I you know I I've done two half marathons officially, and then this year, which is I, I don't know I I know you know it was it was the pandemic. I just I got out running more than I have ever. I've probably run that thirteen. 14 mile distance probably 10 or 11 times now this year nice um and so i have always told myself that i was not a marathoner i was never going to run 26.2 miles that my knees wouldn't hold up but that was just an excuse that i was telling myself it was that's all it was you know oh i was blaming my knees and that's you know i ran this 20 miles on saturday and my knees felt fit my knees were not the issue by any means it was it was my muscles so that was a bullshit excuse i was telling myself because i didn't want to put in the 
work to, to do it. I know now that I'm capable of running that distance and hopefully more. Um, will I ever reach ultra status? That's a, that's a lot of, that's a big time commitment. That's a big time investment. Uh, so maybe, maybe not. I know I'm capable of it. Um, it just, I, I was holding myself back by preconceived limits that I had set for myself. Mm, yeah, man. Like preconceived limits. So knowing before you've even started what you're capable yeah, of. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And how that can keep you from actually realizing what potential you could manage in that moment. Dude, and I will tell you in the past, you know, seven or eight months that that has without even realizing it, that's what I've set out to do for myself. Am, am I am I capable of going an entire year without drinking? Yes, I, I am. And I'm, I'm even considering just making it a full calendar year, which will be about 15 months. Um, am I capable of reading a book a week? Yes, I am. And so it's very rarely and at least in my personal stance, it's very rarely an actual limit we set on ourselves. It's, you know, are, are we going to make it a priority for first and foremost? And then if we make it a priority, are we going to put in the work to do so? We're going to set aside the debt at the amount of time that is going to take uh, to, to reach these, these goals and push past these limits. Mm. So it brings up an interesting thought in my mind. Interesting to me. Well, if it's interesting to you or anyone else, it remains to be seen. Uh, but, you, but you're talking about pushing your limits and, uh, and seeing what you're capable of. And so one thing I was thinking about today is resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in particular with running, I had this insight today. So the other day, so, so I'd been running four miles or whatever, and then it was a certain amount of time. I don't remember. Maybe like it was like a 10 minute mile or something. Sure. And my goal was to get, my goal is currently to get that down to a nine minute mile for four miles. And, That's uh, great. and then two days ago, I decided to just run a, a mile as fast as I could just to see what it would feel like or what it would be like to, to, to be that fast or whatever, to, yeah. to know, yeah. you know, to know what it looks like to be under nine minutes. And I did great. I was under, I think I was sub eight, um, That's which great. was good for me not running in a while. Um, but the point of this is is when I ran that mile and then I came out today with the intention of running four miles, um, well, with the intention of running a certain loop, hoping that it was going to be four miles, it was 3.3. 3. Um, but but I, I went out today and had an insight while I was running that uh, the way I was running to get sub eight that day when I was running a mile is not the same way that I would be running to get it sub nine four miles in a row uh, right. because I was uh, I was thinking prior to today that there was this uh, and, and maybe you could shine light on this but I was thinking today that it's not these longer strides and faster push that uh, will necessarily get that like I was doing for that one mile but uh, it was more short choppy and uh, cyclical, like clean movements that I was making today that got me the sub nine for three and a half miles or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to talk about the dynamics um, of running. I can tell you that I have been in and out of shape dozens of times in my life. And, you know, at some point I could running four miles would, would kill me. It would hurt. It was, it was 
really I was in so far out of shape that you know running four miles all four miles being under nine minutes that was tough now I'm in really good shape and you know, I'll run six or seven miles all under eight minutes. And, nice. you know, I've, I can, if I'm really pushing my first mile, I can usually run that under seven minutes. And so again, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, cool. That's fine. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a physical therapist or a trainer yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So it I, sounds I like we need to get Bree in here to have a conversation. Yes, on exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but I'll, I'll go to the, the point that I'm go- making anyways, uh, or trying to make, or maybe like just proposing for conversation. Um, I was resourcing different as this is how I'll say it. I was resourcing different today when I set out to run the four miles than yeah. I was when I set out to run the fast one minute mile. Yes. And, yes. Uh, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, I was resourcing my body and my movement differently. And, and it, it reminded me of another story that maybe will come up later, but, but I started putting these pieces together of if we're pushing our edge, um, I guess one thing I missed about that is is still setting some type of goal or something, because when I when I set out to push my edge, but I don't know where where I'm ending, then my mind can tell me this is my edge. Actually, kind of like you guys with with this 60 mile race, you're just like, I'm out to find my edge and push it. And then yeah. uh, and then if you don't know where you're stopping at the end of that, I feel like it's harder to resource to push your edge. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing what I'm trying I get to that. say. Go ahead and see if see see if I'm being clear. No, that's that's very interesting. Um, I have, like I mentioned a, a second ago, I, I guess I didn't say this explicitly. If I'm going out on a shorter run, and when I say shorter, that's usually under five miles. That's when I have the problem of coming out the gate too fast and. As much as I love to brag about my first mile being 645, that just kills me. I mean, it really, really hurts me for the rest of my run. So if I'm out, if I'm setting out to do a a 10 mile run, um, then I'm able to keep my pace a little bit more consistent. And I have, I don't know if I want to call it a problem, but I have a, a, I always set my route ahead of time like always i'll go on to garmin or map my run and i'll find out exactly where i'm running and how far it's going to be so i know what to expect i think saturday was probably to your point one of the first times i ever set out on a run where i didn't know how far i was going to run and it's interesting i it's something that i I, i'm considering doing again because if i find myself 10 miles in and being, you know, five miles from home, that's going to make me push myself or call an Uber. Um, it's something that I would like to do more of. I don't know. So, so my thought, as you say, this is like, I wonder what would have happened if you set out and let me just like play this through. Like if you set out and you said, I'm doing 28 miles, and I'm not stopping until I get to that 28 miles. If you didn't set that out, like for instance now, and, and again, I don't, I'm not at all trying to say take away from the no. win because there's so yeah. much win there. I'm just trying to like, let's even say like you, you set out to run 20 miles like or 21 miles. Uh, and knowing that 21 miles is, is an edge because you've never done it or it's a potential right. edge. You could just breeze right through it. Um, then, then when you start to meet your edges, there's, there's like a, 
there's still like a pool to get further. There's still a pool to get further. And then there's also, um, there's also like uh, feedback, you know, cause like if you set out to run 21 miles and then you make it to 21 miles, you realize I put, this is how I pushed all my edges. And then if you don't make it to 21 miles, you, you have feedback of what that, that next edge is for you or something like that. Um, and, and I'm saying this because this is what I'm trying to implement into my life is like setting out a goal that clearly meets an edge right. and then doing everything I can to get to that goal. Not we can talk about that another time, but doing everything I can to get to that goal. Um, and then if I'm if I stop short of that goal, then I have a measure of like the edge between me and that goal, as opposed to setting out to to just make as much money as I can, not really having like a place to to gauge it from. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like a, like a checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting trying I, to have I, this conversation right now because I'm not really clear on on it. And I guess I'm searching as I speak for like the proper uh, dynamic. And that's fine. And I, I, just to give you a, a little bit more context. So I, I just randomly picked um, 37 miles was my goal. It's my favorite number. I'm like, you know what, what the hell that is far past anything I've ever run before. So let's just try and run 37 miles. And so that I guess that was my edge. And I fell 17 miles short of that. And so I know I knew what 15 miles felt like. Now I know what 20 miles feels like. I guess my next step would be, I want to know what a, what a full marathon feels like. And, totally. You know, do you, you just, you, you may have an edge, but you know, when you reach it, then you can keep pushing it out further. Um, and I, I guess, you know, there's been a lot of mental struggle for me. Obviously I had my big revelation last year in regard to happiness and looking internally instead of externally. And I've, I've struggled since to articulate the difference between wanting more and wanting to accomplish goals, because I think those are two very different things. Um, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's, that's a big, that's, that's important. I think. Yeah, it is. And you can want more money to your point. But there's got, there's, see, this is where I struggle to articulate it because I don't think money is going to make anybody happier, but there are certain intrinsic goals that you have. And it's, 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 it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, in in the, the most fundamental way possible, we, I, there's a lot of people, especially right now who are looking for those basic needs to be fulfilled. I think you and I, Ernie, are searching for that self-actualization and, I don't think that is going to come from money or material items. It's the fulfillment that we get from accomplishing goals, whether that's running 37 miles or having a, a, you know, a number one podcast. I, I don't, I don't know, but there's just, there's that fine line that I have that's still blurry to me. Um, I guess blurry and finer antonyms, but the point is, you know, until we can define what it is that our goal is I just I have trouble distinguishing the two between wanting more or having a goal I do, do yeah, you know what I'm saying I think so and I'll just I'll just come from my angle and then we'll try to find it in the middle somewhere yeah for me there's this idea and and for me it's less about fulfillment and more about 
peace. Um, and maybe they're the same thing. Like if, if, if you're fulfilled, then you're at peace with your life. And maybe if you're at peace, then you're fully, fully filled, right? You're fulfilled. Um, and, and, and becoming a person who is becoming a, a, a being, you know, an essence of, of a spirit of this, this human being who is just at peace with his understanding of, of how amazing it is to be alive and, and what we're capable of as beings, as people, as humans. And, uh, and then just, just being at peace and then also creating. So like, I'm just at peace. And, and since I'm at peace and since I understand what it means to be a human and what's possible and that there's literally nothing stopping us to create anything. Well, what do I choose to pick out to, to, to create? Oh, that's interesting. This is what's, this is what's happening to stop me from getting there. Oh, interesting. This is what's happening to keep me from peace now that I'm, you know, moving towards this thing. So I guess, uh, maybe I'm hearing you and maybe that's what it means to me. Maybe I'm saying something completely different. That's, yeah, that's a, I, I like how you said that you're at peace because I think that's the di distinguishing note there. You can be at peace and aspire to accomplish certain goals or you can not be at peace or, you know, have chaos internally and want more to quell that chaos but nothing short of you know finding internal peace is ever going to quell that nothing external will ever quell that is that a good way of putting it feels pretty solid dude i read this i read this i'm reading this book it's uh it's it's fucking awesome dude <laughs> i love it so much and it de <laughs> depends on like who's listening and whether they're gonna be like Whatever, dude. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull up the title. And I might even try to pull up the uh, the actual quote. I, th I think it's called, I won't pull up the quote. I'll just paraphrase it. It's called The Yoga of Time Travel. And, uh, and I'm not very far through it. I'm probably like uh, a fifth of the way through it. But, I, and, and you probably know this feeling where you've you've heard something several times but then you just hear it again and you hear it in a different context and the, it was set yeah. up differently and then it's like oh that just like added a piece to the puzzle that was so important and it feels really cool to, to have that insight i mean the, the right. paradigm shift and uh and the picture that i had in my head i'll just talk about that and not necessarily what his writing was saying but i'll do a little bit of both here the picture in my head was he was talking about all of these realities existing from from this moment there's there's a million a million that's ridiculous it's infinite there's an infinite amount of realities i could uh and just to like really hammer this home um i could change the subject uh we could get disconnected somebody could walk in and, and start yelling i could say screw you trey i'm done doing this podcast like there's just an infinite an infinite amount of possibilities okay and every single moment moving infinitely forward has that infinite amount of possibilities 
Okay. So in my mind, I was seeing this like these layers and almost like the form of a map. So just like this, this crazy three-dimensional map, like this orb, let's say this, like, let's just call it the universe then. Fuck it. But this, like this map. And, and he said something along the lines of your ego is the pen in that map. So the ego, this, this sense of identity that you have about yourself is your pen in this infinite amount of space and, and possibility. What you believe about yourself is, is the pen. Boom. That's where you're at in this moment because that's what you're capable of because that's what your ego says. So it's like everything that we, everything that is possible and everything that is happening is a manifestation, a choice, not a choice, but a manifestation of what we believe about ourselves. And, and so it's like ploop, right there in the map. And so when we talk about having peace, uh, it's like, for me, this idea of we can, as human beings, I'd say there's, I could say there's nothing stopping us from getting anything that we want, but in, in actuality, and especially to this reference, everything we think about ourselves is stopping us from getting to that thing we want. And, uh, and so but in reality, if we could shed what we thought about ourselves, we could do whatever we wanted. You could just sit here and you could say, I want that thing and then get it, whether it's instantaneous or whether it's two days or 10 months or two years down the line. And uh, so, so when we come to peace, we can choose what things we want to create and then... In, in a perfect world without ego, boom, we would create those things. Right. But in reality, our, our ego steps in and it's like, this is where you stop. This is where you fail. This is where somebody comes in and, and causes a disruption that ends your chance of getting that thing. And so I guess like the, the reality of it is at, at this point is, yes, there's a, this level of not having peace inside and then choosing to create things through the grit and willpower and the hard-nosed battleground, you know, warrior that that just somehow like stomps and claw, you know, claws his way to getting that thing so that they can, you know, feel better and be more at peace. Then there's this other one. It's like you're at peace and you're choosing what to create, and then just working with whatever like pops up, removing that ego from the situation, boom, back, back, bringing yourself back to peace, recommitting, rechoosing or whatever the thing might be. You know, I think it's been a while since we've drawn a parallel between meditation and life, but I, if there was ever was a perfect one, I, th I think that's what it was because that's what we do in meditation. We have a thought and we bring ourselves back. We have a thought and we bring ourselves back. We have a disruption in our life. We deal with it and we bring ourselves back to the status quo back to back to back to level-headedness back to back to even um and i think that's really what distinguishes us or you know those among us who are high performers high achievers people who 
the Elon Musks of the world or the, the Mike Cadens, the people who have these venture-backed companies who create incredible things, they are the ones who can manage their egos, who can realize that there are going to be setbacks in life. They aren't going to complain about them. They aren't going to blame other people. They're not going to even blame themselves. They're going to deal with it and they're going to reset and they're going to move forward. And um, I think that's a very valuable lesson that it's not taught in schools. Um, it's, it's something that, that we need to, we need to learn and we need to encompass. Um, and I, I guess that's, you know, part of our mission here in, in what we're doing. Yeah. I think it's, it's what we all want to learn, you know, maybe there's that maybe we need to learn it in order for the world to be whatever the world's supposed to be or, or but, but the, I feel like maybe we're like all yearning for that thing, yearning yearning for that level of peace and, and then entangling, you know, in our, in our ego, our, our belief about who we are and what, what, what the world is entangling within that to, to get to X peace, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to say which one's right or wrong or that, you know, that I've, I and you have that you and I have been encompassed it in any realm, but uh, but we're definitely definitely like on the note, you know. At times where we we strike it, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that was it, you know, that was it, and yeah, it's, it feels like a natural pull uh, from from the spirit, from the from just right. like our sense of human beings to want to be at peace, to want to be safe, to want to feel completely free and relaxed in, in the world. And, and, you know, sometimes we get mixed up in what that means. <laughs> and maybe there's, know. you know, maybe we, uh, maybe we find something that makes us feel that way once or twice. And then eventually it's not. And then we're like, ah, oh, shit. No, but now I, in my mind, you know, my ego is wrapped around the idea that it is this thing. And just start shaving off the edges of, of, uh, our self-proclaimed <laughs> self. <laughs> or not, maybe unconscious and conscious proclamations of self, I guess. You said that book was called The Yoga of Time Travel? Yeah. Okay. You know, eventually... <clears throat> there's going to be a resource on our website at uh, onemosaic.life or the mosaiclifepodcast.com as Ernie likes to use. They all go to the same place. Um, that will have all of the books ever mentioned in any episode um, listed. It's going to be, I'm really excited about that tool. I just have not built it yet. Um, I'm excited for myself and hopefully anybody else who wants to use it. Uh, but uh, th that, that book will be in this episode's show notes. So, yeah. Yeah, solid. How was yeah. your recovery from the race? It was good. Um, I was sore Sunday, uh, a little bit sore yesterday, um, and I feel good today. I, I was going to... <laughs> this, here's an excuse. I, you know, I planned to go out for a run this morning before it got hot. I just I did not uh, get up in time. Still may. 
today in the mid nineties, but, uh, God, man, just, I, you know, I'd rather, I would honestly rather run when it was 25 degrees out than when it was even 85. It's, heat just kills me. And so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do my best to train through it. And it's, it just, you know, take me from like a seven fifteen mile to like an eight and a half. It's, it's hard. Yeah. So I want to just challenge that, this, this idea, if you're cool with it. Yeah. That the, that the heat kills you. Like that there's a lot of power behind that. And, uh, and you mentioned that that was the first thing that started the domino effect in your run on Saturday. Yeah. So, so I'm interested if, uh, I, I want to challenge you to run if it's safe, if you feel safe, if you feel comfortable in the, in the heat, you know, well hydrated with, with proper nutrition. I would, I don't want you to like to push your edge in a way that you want to, you know, like sometimes we want to feel like a badass, And so we're like, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but I'm actually curious to see if, if you were to go out and run, maybe it's not 85 degree heat today. Maybe it's another day when it's 75, but, but to get to that point where you feel the heat, um, taking its toll. Right. And then at that edge to, to transmute it or to change it in some way, like for instance, imagining the heat being a warm bath, just running over you and starting to feel all of the parts of your skin from your head to your toe, like literally like a meditation that would bring you through your body, but using the heat as that connection to your skin and, and feeling it all over your body and, uh, and seeing if there's actually a possibility that you, um, could enjoy being in the heat that you could feel empowered by the heat yeah. in that moment absolutely and see what happens and uh, yeah i am with you and i i have I've, I've been there before and i know it's possible um it's just it's it's a it's a hard reset every year and so i i need to get i do need for me to get back there um so i will and I, and, I, and I will meditate on that while I do it. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what, what it's like. Yeah. <clears throat> are we well, nearing man. an end? What's that? I said, are we nearing an end? I feel it. I uh, think so. I feel it kind of uh, like yeah. pulling us to say, hey, it's time to wrap this shit up. Yeah, we've got a, a lot of exciting things uh, coming Coming out over the next couple months, um, we were just talking about how we're nearing episode 50, which is just, I mean, it's just a milestone. It's, it's, it's a nice big round number. Um, so that's, it's been, that's exciting. It's like exciting that uh, we were able to do something and um, take it so far already. And I, I really look forward to hitting 50 and hitting the next 50. Uh, it's just going to, as we continue seeing ourselves grow along with the podcast, I, I just can't imagine, I can't imagine the edges that we're going to find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to find more comfort in the systems around this podcast, but I've definitely pushed a lot of edges in continuing and, and pulling forward. I was talking about it with a friend recently, so it'll be interesting to see, um, because, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't necessarily know that there would be an edge if we just continued what we're doing. However, right. you and I were creative, 
creative souls, man. We just like are creative individuals and, and we see, we see ways to serve and oh, like, sure. man, that, that feels really good. And I think that's where, you know, our edges start to come up. And so I, I imagine that's definitely going to happen in the next year or two, um, as we, what, um, as we transform this into, um, the most authentic form of you and I separately yeah. and connected and into the most, uh, powerful form of transformation for people. Yeah. And we're, we're not, you know, we started with three types of episodes, uh, conversations and well, we started with conversations and meditations and then eventually brought Lisa in, I think episode 11, uh, for our first interview, which was really exciting. And we've done many, many since then. And we, we've got, uh, we, we brought talks, which I, I think are extremely powerful. If you haven't listened to Ernie's revved up, it is the most, uh, popular talk we have on our website. And uh, we've even, you know, starting to build a partnership with Robbie and, you know, some of his meditations. And that's that's been exciting, too. So who knows, you know, what possibilities we have in regard to friendships and, and partnerships and where we can take this. Yeah. Yeah. Last and last but not least, man, I'm just uh, I'm thankful for anyone who's hearing these words right now because you've listened for the past hour, yeah. um, not knowing yeah. what to expect, but but here connecting with us and I and I appreciate you taking your time to be here and I hope I hope that you've gained one or two or several insights that could uh, impact your life if you take them and, and start to implement them absolutely Ernie thanks for doing this with me yeah brother all right I will uh, talk to you soon yeah take care again from Ernie and I thank you so so much for spending some time with us today we truly appreciate it. And moving out of this episode, we challenge you to push your edge and find out what you're capable of achieving. If you want to find out more about the Mosaic Life podcast, please visit onemosaic.life. And uh, you can see all of our episodes on there, all of our interviews, all of our conversations, talks, meditations. And you can also sign up for The Circle, which will alert you of new guest announcements and new episodes when they are released. Uh, it's free to sign up and easy to do. You can also find us on Instagram at One Mosaic Life, as well as Facebook. That's right, we've got a Facebook page now. So if Facebook is more your style and speed, just search the Mosaic Life podcast and you'll find us on there. Thank you all so, so much. We hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. You know what? We just want you to have a wonderful time between now and the next time we see you. Thank you all again and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.